0: Assalamu alaikum wa barakatuh. Last week, we we're looking at the consequences of the Hijrah Al-Ula The first Hijrah was Hijrah to Thania And the second Hijrah of the Muslims to Abyssinia And we said the cause of the first Hijrah Was due to the persecution of the Quraysh of the Muslims And the torturing and the killing of the Muslims And the second Hijrah that they made was because they came back from the first Hijrah because there was a rumor that the whole of Quraysh they had accepted Islam due to an incident that happened with the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam while they reciting the Quran, he went into sujood and ordered the Quraysh, they went into sujood with the Prophet Sallallahu Now after the second Hijrah, the Mushrikeen, they increased in their harms and their persecution of the Muslims. Because when they went to Habasha to bring them back, and Najashi refused to send the Muslims back with them this enraged the mushrikeen, the polytheists. So they increased in their torture and their persecution. But like Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Inna ma'al usri yusra. After hardship comes ease. Every time there was hardship, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala brings ease. And after their persecution increased, due to their persecution, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala brought ease. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala brought ease through the Islam of who? Hamza radiallahu ta'ala and the uncle of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi Wasallam. And afterwards, through the Islam of who? Umar ibn Khattab radiallahu ta'ala an. And at that moment, a dynamic change happened. The Muslims could go to the Ka'bah, open Allah, subhanahu, uh, worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala openly, walk to the Kaaba and sit at the Kaaba without anybody disturbing them in the presence of Umar and the presence of Hamza radiallahu ta'ala عن. So this was a magnificent victory, a dynamic change for the Muslims. At this point, the Quraysh realizing that the strength that the muslims had they had no choice after this but to come to a compromise so they used to come to come with compromises to the prophet the first of the compromises was they sent Utba ibn Rabi'ah. they sent the most noble of al quraish not anybody from quraish to go to the prophet and make compromises so the first compromise was they said to the prophet وسلم, if it's leadership you want we'll make you our leader if it's women that you want we'll marry you 10 of our women if it's wealth that you want we'll give you all of our wealth the prophet وسلم, obviously he refused this then they came with a second compromise they said to the prophet وسلم, let's worship allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, according to a shift pattern meaning this year we worship allah with you no problem and next year you worship our idols with us the prophet وسلم, rejected this and then they came with a third compromise. And that third compromise was this, that they said to the Prophet Sallallahu after the first compromise failed, the second compromise failed, they said to the Prophet Sallallahu okay, we accept Islam, we listen to you, but we could not sit with these low people of society, the slaves, the freed slaves, just us around you. The Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi refused this. So now that all doors have been locked of compromise and they could not bribe the Prophet Sallallahu They went back to what they knew the best Which was what? Persecution of the Muslims But with this persecution now It was even more severe And as severe as it was Abu Talib He felt And he sensed That this persecution this time Is not going to be like the previous persecutions And it's going to be so severe It will not have the strength or the power to defend the Prophet Sallallahu by himself so Abu Talib, he called for a meeting. He called the whole tribe of Banu Hashim and Banu Muttalib for a meeting. And he took from them in that meeting a covenant and a promise and a decree that no matter what the Quraysh they do to them, they should never surrender Muhammad Sallallahu And the whole of Banu Hashim, Banu Muttalib, because they're cousins. Because Abdul Manaf had four sons. Hashim, Muttalib, Naufal, and Abdul Shams. From these four, the closest two to each other were who? Banu Hashim and Banu Muttalib. That the Prophet ﷺ said about these two. That maa jahiliya wa islam. who were never separated in Jahiliyah or islam and Banu nufal and Banu al Shams so were always close to each other so he gathered Banu Hashim and Banu Muttalib together and they signed an agreement and they gave their covenant and their word that no matter what the Quraysh they do will never surrender the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam to them and this covenant that was signed was signed not only by the Muslims of Banu Hashim and Banu Muttalib in fact by the Mushrikeen by the polytheists, non-Muslims Kuffar and the majority of them were what? were Kuffar the majority that signed this, that they will never give up the Prophet wasallam. So the whole of Banu Hashim and Banu Muttalib, they signed this agreement, except for one person from Banu Hashim, from the exact tribe of the Prophet وسلم, Abu Lahab. He said, this one, I'm not going to sign. And he went with Banu Maqzum, Banu Adi, Banu abdus Shams, Banu he took their sign. That as for me, I'll give him up. So they all signed it, except for Abu Lahab. After signing this agreement, Abu Jahan, which is the, who is the Fir'aun in this Ummah, he realized this latest development is a dangerous development. Things have taken a new twist. If we were just Abu Talib and Banu Hashim, they could handle it. But now he got Banu Hashim, Banu Muttalib, the Mushrikeen, the Muslims, he realized this is a dangerous turnout. So he called for a meeting in the compound of Banu Kinana and he called all of the different tribes. Because all the tribes of Quraysh, they come from these brothers, these four main brothers. So he called all the other tribes other than Banu Hashim and Banu Muttalib. That, the only thing we could do now is to come out with a Qarar which is khatir, a resolution. A resolution which will break Banu Hashim. Not a resolution, a decree of war. We cannot fight them. But a resolution that will break their resolve completely. We're going to come out with a bid'ah. An innovation that's never been practiced before amongst the Arabs, ever. And that innovation that he came out with for the first time in the history of the Arabs, Abu Jahal, and the rest of the other tribes came out with this innovation. And that innovation was the innovation of blockade, sanction, and to put people under siege. He said, we're going to put upon them an embargo. And this embargo that they put upon them was not only an economical embargo that they put upon Banu Hashim and Banu Muttalib, from this embargo to show it was not just economical, they say that every single tribe should sign this agreement, this resolution, and the leaders will represent their people, the leaders of the different type. And from that resolution they came up with was, they say, that As for Banu Muttalib and Banu Hashim that we will not marry our daughters to them nor would we allow anybody to marry them and nobody should trade or sell to them sell to them or buy from them and nobody that nobody should even mix with them so, firstly, no marriages between them. Secondly, no trade between them. Thirdly, you cannot mix with them. Nobody from any other tribe is even allowed to sit with them. Also, they are not allowed to even enter their houses. And also, don't even speak to them. Not only don't you speak to them. And he went, ولا minhum sulhan abadun. أَبَدًا Don't ever accept any treaty from them. And the worst of it all, وَلَا Subhanallah. This is, this kind of embargoes are not new. The last thing they said, Even to have sympathy and empathy and pity is illegal. Have you not heard of such an embargo before? Even pity, sympathy upon them as human beings it becomes illegal and not just human beings these are their cousins that they're going to put these embargoes on even the sympathy and empathy is illegal you're not allowed to have sympathy or empathy or pity this was the sanction of jahili of the juhala of the mushrikeen subhanallah and look at the sanctions of today likewise these are the worst of the mushrikeen, and this is what they came out with. And people today could come out with the same sanction. Even pity and empathy became what illegal. You're not allowed to show pity, no mercy. So when they came out with this, they said until they surrendered the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. And he said that the person that wrote this treaty, Ikrimah ibn al-Harith, and some say his name was Nadr ibn al-Harith, that the Prophet sallallahu alaihi daa' alayhi. That the Prophet made dua against him. And some of his fingers became paralyzed after writing this contract. When they wrote this contract and agreed to this decree and this resolution, the Muslims, because you can't marry from them, you can't trade with them, you can't do anything with them, they were all forced with the whole of Banu Hashim, Banu Muttalib. All these two tribes were forced to go to where? The shi'ab, the valleys of Abu Talib, and stay there. So they stayed under this blockade, this embargo in the ship of Abu Talib. And to show how severe this blockade was. Forget the blockade we're going through right now. That okay, we can't get Cheetos anymore or Doritos as some people will complain. This blockade was so severe that the Quraysh, they used to hear the crying of women and children from the valleys of Abu Talib. They said the screaming of the women and the children that were screaming and crying out of what? Severe hunger. And this screaming and this crying, if you hear it just once and you don't hear it again you can say okay maybe, you know they forgot about this. This screaming and this crying of the women and the children continued for three years. This embargo lasted three years, summer and winter and it continued. But the difference with their embargo, their sanction, and the sanction we have today was, the Arabs, they used to respect al-Hurum, those holy months, the months of Hajj, months of Ramadan, Muharram. So when it came to these months, subhanallah, look at this, as wicked as they were, when it came to the holy months, they'll break the contract. Say the Muslims come out and trade with us. Subhanallah. Inna lillahi wa inna ilayhi raji'un. That the Mushrikeen, they honored these months, To say, you know what, you are enemies, we put embargo upon you, but during these holy months, la, And these are Mushrikeen. So the Muslims, during these holy months, will come out of the Valley Abu Talib to go and buy from the traders that came to Makkah. But it still made it difficult for them. So if the Muslim goes and buys from the caravan to take back to the Shi'ab, the Valley Abu Talib, a caravan for a thousand dirham, the Mushrikeen from the other tribes, from the nobles will say, I'll buy for two thousand. If the Muslims say, okay, 3,000, they say 4,000. They made it more expensive for them and made it more difficult for them, subhanAllah, to show this kind of blockade, this kind of sanction or siege, it's it's not new. That they will pay the highest money to make sure the Muslims suffer. So they couldn't take back to the valley much with them because they increased the price upon them. But however, during this only months, they allowed them. They allowed them. So they couldn't take much back with them anyway. So, people like Hakim ibn Hizam, who is the nephew of Khadija radiallahu ta'ala, anha, used to take whatever he could take for her and sneak food to her. Whatever he could sneak, from flowers and wheat, whatever little he could. But it was very little. And the rest of the people from the Mushikin of Banu Talib, Banu Hashim, and the Muslims, they had nothing at all. Zero. That they used to say that one of us, Yaqdi Hajatahu. One of us will go to relieve himself, go to the toilet or the bathroom. And whilst relieving himself, from the drops of the urine, he hears a sound. ta ta, ta. And he looks beneath him and you'll see a piece of leather. He's urinating on a piece of leather. He'll pick up the piece of leather, wash it, scrape it, boil it, and eat it. That's how severe that sanction was. Some of them used to eat from the leaves of the tree. Sa'ad Ibn Abu Waqas, radiallahu anh, who later on became from the of Sahaba, after the victory and the conquest was narrated in his own story. He said, Wallahi, wa fi Sa'ad Ibn Abu Waqas said, In those days, I stepped on something in the Shi'ib, in the valley of Abu Talib. Tahta qadami, under my feet. I picked it up and I ate it. He said, أدري adri He said, until this day, I don't even know why, but I just ate it. To show the severe hunger and the sufferings of the Muslim in the Shirab during this embargo and the Mushikin. And the Mushakeen, they could have just say, you know what? This is their issue. But the Arabs of the past, their chivalry in braveness and courage, that when they gave their word, they never broke their word. And from their principles, we mentioned last week is أنا وأخي Allah, Ibn. Me and my brother against my cousin. And me and my cousin will always be against a stranger. They will never let an outsider destroy them or divide them. So the Mushiki, they suffered like the Muslims suffered in the shit of Abu Talib. So this continued and continued and continued. Until Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala guided five of the Quraysh. These five of the Quraysh that Allah Ta'ala guided, it didn't guide them towards an Islam, but it guided them towards mercy, sympathy, humanity, and that natural feeling, hamiyya to jahiliyya, that these are our cousins. And these five that Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta'ala guided from Al-Quraysh to try to break the contract are Hisham ibn Amr, who was from Bani Hashem. Also Zuhair ibn Umayyah, who was from Banu and makhzum Thirdly, was Mut'am ibn Adi. Fourthly, was Abu Bukhtari ibn Hisham. And fifthly, was Zuma ibn Aswad. Allah Ta'ala guided these five towards mercy and sympathy. And the first to start the movement was Hisham ibn Amr. The Hisham ibn Amr, seeing what was happening to his cousin, felt so hurt. he started to go to the rest of these five or rest of these four one by one by one. And he went to them and he said to them, Hisham, one by one, then he went to Mut'im first and foremost, and he said, Afwan, he went to uh, Zuhair first and foremost, and he said to Zuhair, that, ya Zuhair, Are you pleased? Are you happy to be eating food? And to be dressing in clothing? And to marry women? And your cousins in a situation which you know of right now how could you be happy so he hit him Zuhair and Zuhair went to a third person then he went to a fourth or a fifth It became five and they came up with a plan to break this oppressive blockade this oppressive sanction and they came up with a strategy and that strategy was Zuhair he said we're gonna go to the Kaaba tomorrow and i'm going to speak first And although I'm going to speak first, we're going to place ourselves strategically in different positions. In different positions, and we're not going to speak at once, so it may seem as we're together, we planned this before. So the next day, they went to the Kaaba. And Zuhair, who said he's going to speak first, he was dressed in a bisht, you know the cloak that he used to wear. And he did a tawaf. For tawaf sab'an, he did tawaf around the Seven times Then he turned to the Quraysh With the loudest of his voice And he said O oh people of Mecca He said Are we going to eat food, drink, dress And banu Hashim A perishing We cannot Self buy from them, nor can they buy from us. He said, I will not sit down He said, I will not sit down until this صحيفة, because that contract they wrote, the different tribes, they wrote it on a piece of paper. And for them to show the holiness of this contract, they put that contract or that covenant and the rest in the inside the Kaaba. Inside the Kaaba, he said, "I will not sit down until this sohifa, this piece of paper, covenant, resolution, whatever you wrote, whatever you call it, which is qati'ah, which is to cut links or break ties, as they say today. That this sohifa al qatiah this sohifa to break ties, a zhalima, oppressive, one it is broken completely. At this point." Abu Jahal was in the corner of the masjid. Abu Jahal stood up in rage. He said, Wallahi By Allah, you're not going to break this contract. He said, at this moment, you're not going to break the contract. The second person stood up. Strategically. As though they were not together, he stood up in another corner. And this was Zama' ibn al Aswad. He said, Anta wallahi Abu, abu jahl Because Abu Jahal, he said, Zuhayb is a liar. So he said, Anta wallahi, by Allah, you're more of a liar. He said to Abu Jahan. As he stood up, the third person, Abu al Bukhtari, he stood up. He said, Sadaqa Abu Zam'a. Like they're not together. He said, Abu Zam'a, he spoke the truth, to be honest. And then the fourth person stood up. And that was Mut'im ibn Adi. He said, Sadaqtuma. That you both have spoken to the truth. That we are free from this. Decree or this resolution And whatever is written in it And then Hisham ibn Amr He said the same thing He said the same thing And they went on to say We are not pleased in the first place With this contract We are not pleased with this resolution At this point Abu Jahal He stood up And he said Hadha amrun Look at the intelligence Of Abu Jahal. He said to the rest of Quraysh They planned this already Hadha amr, They planned this last night they didn't just come they planned this from last night at this point a struggle ensued between both parties and at that moment Abu Talib the uncle of the prophet was sitting in the corner of the masjid he said to them because he decided to go in the Kaaba and rip it apart Abu Talib stood up and he said to them that look Muhammad has sent me to you to tell you there's an ayah there's a sign from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and this sign from Allah Azza Wa Prophet received it through wahi, revelation that whatever they've written from the sahifa is all been eaten up completely by termites. So Abu Talib said to them, if what he is saying is true, we break the contract. If he is lying, you continue upon this resolution and this blockade. So when they went inside the Ka'af and they took the sahifa, every single part of it was eaten up except one part. Which was, Bismillah Allah in your name, O Allah. That's the only part that the term So at this point, the blockade was broken completely, and bound of the Muslims. But, like Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, لَتَرْكَبُنَا That you go to life, طَبْعٌ Allah. طَبْعٌ Life is stages and stages. Meaning there will be peace, there will be hardship. So the at this The Prophet of Allah, he said to Abu Qalim, ما ريبني سوى الكلمة I do not want anything from them but any man, just a word Abu Qalim, he mentioned this to the rest of the village, Abu Jahl and his party. And the in the presence of the Prophet They alayhi wa sallam, he said, By your father, we'll give you 10, get one, we'll give you 10 one give you ten. The Prophet said, put it back in the He Said that I'll judged said no. This one no. the two other shaped Abu and Abu and and Abdullah and Abdullah, he going to go away or deviate for the middle of Abu So Abu Qalib was The Prophet said, And the last thing Abu he passed away, on was, And he still left him, on the middle of the pillow. Abu Jahl and Abdullah, you Ibn Abdul Muhammad, that you know, to take from the ways of Abdul Muhammad, is to show that the way, no way so say, Abdu'l-Balik, Abdu'l-Balik, pastor, of Abdul Muhammad is aware So,
1: those who say Abdul Muhammad passed
0: away upon Islam because Abdul Muhammad was an Ahlul they're incorrect. They're totally incorrect. Because this is what Abu Jahl is pushing towards. So, Abdul Muhammad, the last thing he died upon was Shia. He died upon Mufu. He didn't die as a Muslim. he broke the heart of the promise the the same way he breaks the heart of every single Muslim to know the help of in parts other than Islam. So give Ish is the the That we have accepted Islam, he went to the Prophet to show the Lord the God of the Lord. He said, I wish it was your uncle that accepted Islam for his father. So, if he died as a Muslim, I would not accept it as a So he knew that he died as a Muslim. Two months after this, I will call the pastor Rajab. Two months after Rajab, which is Ramadan, the wife of the Prophet the mother of the believer, Khadija radiallahu Alaihi Wasallam, and also possible. So this year, we'll go and we'll use And it is this year that the of After looking at we're going to see around.